Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 139. Today is a really, really different interview than many of the interviews we have done, unless you consider the fact that we're interviewing a parent who has the best interest of their child in need and in all children, um, really, who are experiencing a shift or change in who the world thinks they should be versus who they know that they are. I uh, interviewed Nathan Caro Freshette today live on our Facebook page. By the way, if you haven't noticed, we are doing live interviews on Wednesdays. We then take those and produce them like normal podcasts. But we like the opportunity for people to be able to come and ask questions of the guests and be there live. So usually these run between 10 and 1 p.m. Eastern. We usually create a Facebook Live event so that you know what time and who the guest is. If you're interested, make sure you follow the Lose the Cape podcast and blog page on Facebook, and you can be aware of when we're going live. But I did this interview live today, and, and it was it was hard for me to do the live interview because usually I interview on subjects I'm really familiar with, being a mom, um, writing books, uh, I don't know, things, opinions that, that we are talking about, things in the news that we're passionate about, um, entrepreneurs, moms who are running businesses, busy moms, all those, all those types of things that I know the ins and outs of and coming up with the right questions is no problem because I live in those worlds. Well, today's interview was really different because I was interviewing a transgender man identified, I'm sorry, assigned, I'm learning to use the proper um, words, assigned female at birth and identified male um, transgender. And Nathan was very open in responding to all of my questions, which were sometimes a bit awkward. But as I explained in the beginning, we recently had a local teen commit suicide, um, transgender male. And being that May is Mental Health Awareness Month and being that we are talking about teens and tweens and identifying, relating to them and trying to help them in the world, I thought this was a really important interview to do now. Uh, it was a very insightful interview and the best part about talking to Nathan was getting some insight into what it's like to go through transition, to um, deal with the world around you, to have pain and and depression all around the fact that 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 you don't know and understand what's happening and that you feel wrong and that you feel like you're oh goodness you'll just have to listen to the interview because I want you to hear the words coming directly from him but if you are a parent to a child who may not be the child that uh, the world thinks they should be. If you have a child who has expressed that they believe they're transgender or gay, um, if you know somebody who's going through this, you need to listen to this interview. You need to anyway, just in in preparing you for what could potentially happen in your life so that you have some tools and resources to help you handle it properly. At the end of the day, we love our children and we want to be able to support them and we want to be able to help them. And um, as Nathan expressed, this can be a really painful process to go through emotionally and, you know. I am just so appreciative of the information and resources provided so that we can be better 
parents better understanding and more loving? Should we ever have to go through this situation or should we want to support our child as a friend or loved one of theirs is going through this? And I just, I think that knowledge is power. And the more that we understand about the people around us and in our world, the less we fear them and the less we act hatefully towards them. And they are people, they, they're, I mean, there's no reason to be afraid and, the more we can do to understand what life is like through other people's eyes and perspectives, the better humans that we will be. So without further ado, thank you for listening. I think this is a very important episode, maybe the most important one that we've done so far. And again, thank you so much to Nathan for allowing me to ask these questions and for answering and for being so open and so genuine. Um, I just, I appreciate you and your journey tremendously. Hey, we are live. I am recording. All is good. Uh, Welcome to our uh, episode of the Lose the Cape podcast, where we're going to cover some topics that we haven't talked about before, but I think are really, really important. We have Nathan Caro Freshette with us today, and I'll read the uh, uh, his bio in just a second. But first, I want to give a couple of updates on what's happening. So first of all, we still have our Mother's Day uh, giveaway going on. <laughs> As we got busy with a whole bunch of other stuff, we never turned it off. So if you haven't had a chance to go in and enter for one of the four books that we talked about, all you have to do is go to the pinned post on the page and grab, <clears throat> excuse me, <coughs> this is the problem with live. I can't concentrate. I can't um, cough and <laughs> deal with that. But anyway, you can go in and just comment on which book is the one that you want and we will pick winners and send those out. Also, we are um, getting ready to launch our teen tween book, Lose the Cape, Ain't Nothing But a Teen Thing. The launch date is officially June 26th, so all of our podcast episodes are focusing something about uh, raising teens and tweens or what it was like to be a teen or uh, identifying with teens and relating to teens. Um, So even today's episode is going to go into a little bit of that, but we are focused really heavily also since it's May Mental Health Awareness Month, talking about mental health topics and... um, It just so happens that these things kind of really cross each other. Uh, I saw a study the other day, which I don't know if, uh, well, let me introduce our guest first and then we can get into it so that Nathan can also um, engage on the conversation here. So Nathan Carol Frechette is a transgender, transgender, okay, polyamorous, did I say that right? Yeah. Kinky queer man, a sequential artist, publisher, and author. He has published over a, do- over a dozen short stories, both graphic and prose, as well as five novels, three graphic novels, and two works of nonfiction. Sorry, I'm not laughing at you. It's just such a different bio than what we're normally <laughs> Caught me off guard a little bit there. Should have practiced reading this one aloud first. <laughs> he is the author of the online comic, Some Assembly Required, on Tapas. He has taught creative writing over a decade, has a degree in film studies, and another in sequential art. He was the founder and director of the French-Canadian literary magazine, Histoire à Bois de Boue, was an editor of, for the French-Canadian graphic novel publisher Premier Ligne, and is a co-founder of the Ottawa-based publisher Renaissance. He has been teaching creative writing since 2005 and GMing various tabletop RPGs since 1997. Okay, I'm former military. RPG has a totally different meaning to me. I can imagine. What, what is an RPG? Role-playing game. 
role-playing game. Okay. He lives in Ottawa with his wife and two children. So I first um, came in contact with Nathan about this time last year, I want to say maybe a few months later, when I started looking for uh, interviewees and guests for the Women in Publishing Summit. And I was intrigued by um, Nathan because Nathan was identified female at birth as I came to learn and um, and found out that he was really a man. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about that so that I don't totally butcher your story? <laughs> um, yeah, so basically uh, when when I was born, the, the doctor looked at my genitals and decided that I was a girl. Um, and, and so that's, that's how I was brought up um, my whole life, even though from a very, very early age, um, you know, when I, when I started swimming in swimming pools, I didn't want to wear a girl's bathing suit. I wanted to wear swimming trunks because, you know, I identified with the boys and mm-hmm. that's what I thought I was. I was always the father when we played house. I was always Peter Pan or Hook when we played these games. I was always, you know, the, the male role, which pleased my sister to no end because she always got to be the role that she wanted to be <laughs> I'm sure um, yeah so uh, so I've always I've always felt this about my identity that you know there was something when I was a kid um, you know I, I felt like I wanted to be a boy but you know the world was telling me that I was not so I just felt wrong um, and I went through um, deep periods of, of depression um, as early as, as six and seven. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I became suicidal at a very, very young age as well. And I couldn't articulate what was wrong with me. I just felt like, you know, there was something, something wrong. Um, and I wasn't like other people. And, and eventually I identified as queer. Um, and I started hanging out with queer people and I became sort of exposed to transgender people um, and, and, you know, things started clicking into place. I started feeling like, oh, maybe this is what I am. And there you go. <laughs> well, you know, when I interviewed you for the Women in Publishing Summit, um, we talked about bringing forth marginalized voices and I really appreciated the interview with you and um, how it opened up my eyes. And when I found out that you were also married and had children, at that point, I was like, oh, we have to have you on the Lose the Cape podcast too, because I think it's something that is very much a part of our lives these days. The whole, the LGBTQ community, the, um, we just saw in the United States not too long ago, the battle over whether, which bathroom transgenders should go into and the whole thing. It made me really sad. I have so much that I want to talk about this paragraph, this sentence, this whatever is probably going to be all over the place. So just bear with me. It made me really sad because it's rarely ever a transgender who's attacking a small child in a bathroom if ever it's usually it, this has never happened. around this has right. never happened exactly um, but but we get we get attacked and and you know in a various ways all the way up to murder um, in bathrooms uh-huh. you know we are literally risking our lives every time we go to the bathrooms and in fact transgender people are at a very high risk of utis because often we just hold it in way longer than we should that's so sad to me. And so, you know, when that whole thing was cut, was when I saw that whole debate going on and saw the horrendous things that people were posting, I was like, this is something 
that I want to talk about more. And then we had our conversation and then just very recently, well, it's mental health awareness week. And you just tied that, I mean, month and you just tied in perfectly like why this conversation is so important, but it really, really, really hit home uh, at the very beginning of the month when I learned that a 15 year old uh, male born female um, who lives in my sister's neighborhood committed suicide and um, he had dealt with depression his entire life his parents were actually very supportive of him even if the people around you love and support you like you just said there's something inside of you that makes you feel like you're wrong and or something wrong with you you know so how I guess the question I'm trying to get to is um, you know, sometimes even when parents and, and family members are trying their hardest to really help and understand, it can still be so difficult. What did you find, or did you grow up with a supportive family? Did you have the help? How, how can people help children or friends that know that they're different and, and want to be something else? So the thing about being transgender is you can have the most supportive family in the world. Um, but you also have to live in the world and and what happens for a lot of transgender people is you know it's so it's really difficult to come out um and and to transition you know it's basically you feel there are a lot of points where you feel the entire world is against you um and the decision to come out for a lot of people that I know, and, and myself included, usually comes after you hit rock bottom. Um, and, and often, in my case, and in the case of, of other people that I know, um, it was a decision between, do I take my life, or do I give myself one more chance and I do this? Mm. Um, and, and once you've hit that point where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to wait and try this out and see if, if maybe I can be happy, if maybe I can make this life worth living. And you come out and you take all the little pieces of you that are left and, and you tell your family and you tell your friends. And if, if they're nice to you, if they're like, okay, yay, we'll, we'll do this together, then you can take another little step. You know, but you're so, in my case, at least, and I'll, I'll speak from my experience because I, you know, as much as I know other people and I know a lot of transgender people, I can't speak to other people's experience, but my experience at least was I was so broken. I was so, you know, I had nothing left and it was, it meant the world to me that my family and friends were supportive and my coworkers too. But every time someone slipped up and misgendered me and and use my old name especially if people did it which I, I had some people do it consistently yeah you know and and because they just didn't think it mattered or you know it wasn't important to them to remember so you know they're just like it's just a word yeah. um but to me it was it was more than just a word every little time it's like this little myself the little pieces that i take back together barely holding on it's you know you're punching that every time you do that and and people don't realize how much it hurts because we spend our whole life 
convinced that we're just, there's just something wrong in our heads. This can't be, like, I can't possibly be a man, you know? And the whole world is telling me that I'm just like, you know, I, I, I'm just making this up. This is all in my head. This is just something that I'm imagining. And it takes a lot to convince yourself that no, it is okay to feel this way. It is okay to exist, you know, in the way that I need to exist. Yeah. And because it takes so much convincing, the minute that someone else, you know, comes in and goes like, whatever, you know, or just, I'll call you what I want or, or things like that. It shatters that little self-confidence that you took perhaps your whole life to build. I mean, it, it makes me sad. I, I have never gone through that, obviously. Yeah. But I've been through periods of depression and periods of major pain. And, and it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. If something is that important to you and people continually ignore it. The, the closest thing that I can come to identifying it with is um, after my daughter died and I had people that didn't even acknowledge the fact that she existed or died, yeah. you know, and, and to me that, that like the most important event of my life to have people that I care about ignore it or, yeah. uh, you know, so I, I can, I don't know if empathy is the right thing, but I feel like I can kind of understand of what it would be like to be in a position where something that is so important to you yeah. is ignored. It's, it's by visceral, empathy. the world, right? It's, it's visceral. Yes. You know, and, and you, and I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. Um, you. And you, you, you put your finger on it because I was going to say, it's something you can't describe or explain. And it's something that you, you don't really know what it feels like until you felt it. Yeah. And the only thing I can compare it to is like having kids. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a feeling. It's such an emotion that you can't possibly explain or understand until you have gone through it. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the pain that and anger that I feel when someone misgenders Maybe not me because it's different when it's yourself, you know, you feel much more vulnerable, but the, the anger that I feel when someone misgenders someone else is the same pain and anger that I feel if someone harmed my, my child. Right. You I know? can understand that. Um, well, I want to ask you a, a couple of questions and I tried to explain this. I'm so, I'm so grateful to you being open to have this conversation and I'm so grateful to the conversation that we had prior um, because after we finished our interview, you were very gracious and allowed me to ask some questions because I do feel like a very important part of whether it's racism against another um, ethnicity or gender or something, it's, uh, so much comes from fear of what we don't know and don't understand. And I know that personally, I mean, I was raised in a very conservative household in the South. I didn't know anybody who was gay, to be quite honest. I may have been a little bit afraid that if I did interact with someone who was gay, they might turn me gay. I mean, that's so silly now, <laughs> so silly to even think about, but it was a fear that I remember having, and I feel totally embarrassed to even admit that, but I know I'm not the only person. Uh, right. No, a lot of people feel that fear. We actually <laughs> have like running gags in the community, like, you know, the more people you convert, you can get, you can win a toaster oven. I actually have, <laughs> I think it's from Ellen, that gag. So it's been, it's going on 
20 years now. Yeah. But the best thing that ever happened to me for many, many, many reasons was spending my junior year of college in France. And I actually became very, very close friends with another American exchange student who was a gay man. And just the conversations that we had, it made me really, really, really understand differently. I can never fully understand because that's not like you said, if you can't fully understand what it's like to be a parent when you haven't had kids, but you know, um, but he did open my eyes and then having the conversation with you opened it even more. And I think that um, it, it was interesting to me. They've just come out with this movie not too long ago about the the boy who's gay and who's coming out to his family. I don't know if you've seen the- um, I Love Simon? Yes, that yeah. one. And um, it, to me, it was almost a little bit surprising. I was thinking, do we still, and you can totally answer this better than I can, but I was thinking, I felt like that was a movie that should have come out like five years ago. I thought maybe we'd gotten past that. But the fact that somebody still thinks it's important enough to make a movie means that we're not past it and that we still need this level of education. And I don't, I don't even know what the word is, but um Anyway, I appreciate you taking the time. I feel like it's so much an education thing. And I think if people can just open their hearts and minds to, to understanding. So on that note, I was kind of hoping that you could explain, like you did to me before, the difference between someone who is gay and transgender and what that means. If you don't mind explaining that just- No, not at all. So um, gay is a sexual orientation. So it's about who you're attracted to. Um, for example, uh, a woman who identifies as, uh, you know, a woman who is only interested in dating women would be a lesbian. So she's, you know, a homosexual woman. Um, someone who uh, will date someone of their gender, but also someone of another gender, well, they would be bisexual or pansexual. Um, you know, it, it's about who you're attracted to like who okay. you want to have um, sexual and romantic relationships with. Okay. Whereas uh, gender identity is what you identify as. So it doesn't matter who you're, you're attracted to. It's really whether or not you see yourself as um, so the gender that you got assigned at birth. So for example, if you got assigned female at birth, you identify as a female. Um, I really don't like using that word female, but whatever um if you got assigned that at birth and you identify as such uh well then you're cisgender which means you are the gender that you're assigned at birth uh, if you identify as another gender then you're transgender um, and if you identify as no gender at all then you're agender so it's really more as like the way you see yourself um, and you know, some, some transgender people are asexual or aromantic, so they don't have any sexual attraction or romantic attraction, uh, but they're still transgender. Okay. So you can have any combination of, of sexual orientation, of uh, position on the spectrum of attraction or gender identity. So, okay, this is just a question that just popped up to me. Can it be possible then to be identified female at birth and feel like you're really a man or be transgender, but be interested in men? Absolutely. I'm interested in men. I'm interested okay. in men and women. I have a lot of transgender male friends who are gay. I have some transgender male friends who are straight. Okay. That's interesting. Sorry. I, 
just want, want to make sure that I have a good picture on it. So speaking of your relationship, now you are married and have had children yes. with a... My, my wife is transgender as well. Okay. Identified male at birth. Uh, assigned male at assigned. birth. Assigned. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Got to get the terminology right. Assigned um, male at birth and now identifies female or... That's right. Has chosen. Okay. Is is a woman. Is is, is, is a woman. A, okay. a woman. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what it's like then. So you're in Canada and and are people how how's the environment there in terms of people acceptance levels and I'm definitely lucky to be in Canada. Um people are much more I, I'd say they're much more accepting here. They're it, it's easier than a lot of other places in the world. Uh, first of all, a lot of places in the world, it's downright illegal, like you could be killed. Wow. Um, but in, in Canada, um, it's actually in, in the, the Charter of Human Rights since last summer. Is that um, something that Justin did? Yeah, something that I'm was just- like your prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> something that was just put in, in our Charter of Rights. Um, so we're fed, federally protected, um, identity. So gender identity is a protected grounds um, where, you know, for example, in the U S it is not. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dangerous in many places here. It is. Dangerous. And I, I think it's, I really think it's a fear thing. I mean, just like we talked about a little while ago where, when it came down to the, which bathroom people used, I mean, the thing that came up was they're going to attack us in the bathroom, which is just as silly as thinking that someone gay could turn you gay. But yeah. Um, okay. So you're raising. Just, oh, go ahead. Yeah, just 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 a, a little um, thing about. Uh, sorry, I, I lost my thought. No, go ahead. If it comes back, please yeah. let me know because uh, I, I definitely want to hear your perspective on anything you want to share. Um, <laughs> so I hope I'm I'm asking questions in a in a in an okay manner I'm very sensitive to offending and to hurting someone else so you know let me know if I say something that's offensive I, I want to know and I want other people to know as well so that we know how to um how to speak about it and how to be how to be respectful point blank so um okay so you're raising two little boys correct that's right now how how is how has that been for you you had them biologically between the two of you they were not adopted correct that's right um so i, I carry them uh, i gave birth to them and um they're they're just fantastic so they're three and five um that's my oldest is turning six in just about a month and a half uh and he's you know he's been asking me when i grow up am i going to be a boy or a girl Interesting question. And Absolutely. How, how do you respond to that? Well, what do you think? What do you want to be? And then he says, well, I want to be a boy like you. I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> It'll probably work out that way. <laughs> so now since, um, even though you carried them, you, do you identify as their father and your wife as their mother? Yeah, they call me dad and, and Joel, just uh, my, my wife, just got their whole Mother's Day presents that they made Aww. in school and... Yeah, so they're, we're mom and dad. Do you get a, a lot of, um, how do people treat you in the community as, as mother and father? How do, they, how do people respond when you 
go places together as a family? It's actually been great. Um, with with the elementary school and the um, the daycare, uh, the daycare is just the most wonderful place we could have asked for. They've been really respectful, very good. We've been going there since since my oldest was about a year old. Um, so you know they've seen us both transition. And, and, you know, they, they had no problem adapting to like calling when, when we started going there was mom and Joel was dad. And, and then when we switched over, um, they had no problem adjusting, you know, they just, it took them maybe a week to get yeah, the mom yeah. dad right. And then that was it. Yeah. Um, which, which is a sure sign when people adjust like that, it means not only that they respect you, but also they've assimilated in their mind your yeah. gender change. Because yeah. the reason that people misgender and use the wrong names is not because they, they disrespect you. It's because they're still seeing you as the old gender. Right. And, you know, I, change is hard for a lot of people. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort to, and, and it takes understanding and, 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 and quite honestly, you know, love for that person and, and what they're going through. So that's fantastic that they, that they have adjusted like that. Um, I don't, I don't experience it a lot here, but I would like to know like some tips from you on, I mean, obviously the biggest tip you've, you've expressed over and over is just accepting who that person is and going with that. If they are yeah. a man, you address them as a man, regardless of, of any of your own opinions on it. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, like speaking of opinions, you know, you don't really get to decide who right. I am. Right. Um, nobody gets to decide who I am except for me. Um, you get to either respect me or not. Right. And that's, that's it. Like, there's no, there's no middle ground. There's no, like, my opinion, my opinion, you know, like, we call, we call Pink Pink. We know that's not her name. <laughs> we still call her Pink. <laughs> that's such a good point. <laughs> that's such a good point. <laughs> Who was the last because we respect the person. Right, you know, exactly. It's just, that's just it. If I, if I was to tell you, you know, people call me Mickey because it's my name and then everybody calls me Mickey, what are you going to call me? Right. Exactly. So I, I want to get back to the mental health issue and talking about teens and, and tweens, because I think that it, I would guess around the ages of eight to 12 is where most of the time children realize that they're not who yes. they were. And, and for, for a transgender kid, puberty is a nightmare. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it's already not fun to deal with, right. but when all the changes that you're experiencing are just making your body into something that is so aggressively not what you are, um, it's, it's really difficult. Um, I can't even explain, you know, you just, imagine being a teen and being like not super comfortable with your body and then also feeling like everything that you have is wrong and that people stare at you because they somehow know oh my gosh i get I, well i mean oh i know it's a lot so how can you help parents who have a have a tween have a younger child that's going about to go through all of those changes who is is expressing that they're different and they they want to be different what are the best things that we can do as as family members, as friends, as support, as a support network. 
let them do it. Hmm. Just let them do it. It is so important. You know, if, if you are fearful and you think, oh my God, what if they walk into school with this and people make fun? You know, you can tell them, listen, people are sometimes not nice, you know? And while it is completely okay to be yourself and express the way that you want to be, sometimes people feel like you're doing things that they're not allowed to do or they don't allow themselves to do. And that's why they're mean. So if you go to school like this, it's possible that some people will react badly. You have to prepare yourself for that. Yeah. Okay. But you are you and that is not shameful. That's, those are powerful words. That is not shameful. Yeah. And it's so important because, you know, a lot of parents want to police what their children wear, especially boys who, who want to express, you know, people who are assigned uh, male at birth who want to express, you know, possibly a more feminine identity uh, because society really polices that. Mm -hmm. um, because society still holds that, you know, men are somehow superior to women and therefore men dressing up as women is is wrong in a whole new level you know and that's that's why they police masculinity so so badly um and so people it is difficult and parents want to protect their children you know i have the same instinct my my kid wants to dress up to go to school all the time and you know i, I tell him you dress up as mario bros that's that's great that you know you love it it's amazing um People are maybe going to talk to you about it. Right. You know? um, but that's fine. Why are you being weird? I mean, that's kind of normal for, you know, why are you wearing your, you know, Princess Leia costume or whatever it is? Yeah, know? exactly. But you know, like he's in school right now and he's wearing his Mario outfit. And there you go. I know that he's perfectly happy. He's expressing um, but, but you have to let them be and you have to express your concerns in a way that doesn't make them feel like what they are is wrong. That is the most important thing to remember. Yeah. And I would imagine so many parents have the urge to try and fix it. To fix yes. It. What did they do wrong as a parent? What did they... And no. it's nothing you did wrong as a parent. Uh, it's you're born that way. There's actually a, a theory that there's, you know, the, um, the brain's gender doesn't develop in the same time as the, you know, the body's physical gender. Um, and there's actually a lot of intersex conditions that are completely undetectable until you do a, a genetic test. Oh, wow. So there's a, just as a small intersex condition is when, you know, you have uh, seven different gender markers, biological gender markers uh, in your body. You have like the gametes, you have the, uh, the external um, organs, you have the internal organs, you have the, um, your, your chromosomes, you have your hormonal makeup. And some of these don't necessarily align with the others. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's called an intersex condition. Sometimes it's visible right at birth because it's the genitals, um, but most of the time it's not. And it's not going to be detected until you're a teenager and then some things start happening or you're not going to tell it all until you do a genetic test. Um, so, you know, leaving that aside, um, it's nothing, it, it, it's, it's who we are. And the only thing you can do by trying to fix it is make your child not trust you is make your child think that you think there's something wrong with them. 
And the only result of that is they're going to think there's something wrong with them. And they're not going to seek your help. And they're not going to tell you about it because they think, they think you're ashamed of it. They think you're ashamed of them. And, and you know, they're, they're going to sink into depression because they're not going to know what to do about it. That's the worst place you can go, really, is them not wanting to talk to you or open up to you. I mean, so it's it's hard because as a parent, and I'm sure you feel this way too, like we never want anything for our kids that's going to cause them pain or yeah. cause people to to do harm to them in some way or another. So are, are there... Are there other things that are there resources you can you can direct us to that you know of that that could be helpful or are there are there ways to help particularly those parents who have never experienced or been around or opened up to anything of this nature and then all of a sudden they have a child who is expressing that they don't feel mm-hmm. the same way that you know their parents think they should um, what else? What else can you help us with? <laughs> Most major cities have, um, uh, you know, groups uh, for, for parents of transgender children. Um, like in Ottawa, we have, uh, you know, we have different organizations. We even have uh, some parents organize a swim night. There's play groups. Uh, so you can Google your city and then transgender children, and you'll find a lot of resources. Uh, Facebook has a lot of, of uh, groups as well. There's um, uh, transgender parenting, uh, transgender families, you, you can look up groups. Um, you're going to find a lot of resources there and the groups are pretty big. So you can also find um, other parents maybe in your area who are um, parents of transgender children or transgender parents of children who can also help you, um, right. you know, navigate these waters. Those are great resources to have. And I think, you know, whatever it is that we're going through that is challenging for us, um, there's, there's, always better hope in community to have other people who are experiencing the same issues and the same things. And um, I saw an article the other day, just kind of flipping subjects a little bit here, but not really because we're talking about mental health and suicide is obviously a major issue with mental health. Um, And that's a whole nother level of trying to find the right support groups. If someone is, is feeling like they want to take their life. And I'd like to, to talk a little bit more about that with you because of the fact that you had suicidal thoughts and things of that nature. But I saw an article that said that now that more states are starting to make um, uh, gay and lesbian marriages legal, that the, they're, they are seeing a reduction in suicide of teens that are LGBTQ, which is wonderful. I think that's yeah. great news. There's still a lot that has to be done in that manner. But if we get to the point where there's obviously, it's going to be difficult for any child who's going against the grain, no matter what it is. Yeah, for sure. There's there's expected to be some level of sadness and depression, but how do we know when they've gotten to the point where they're thinking about hurting themselves and what can we do? Um, It's hard to tell. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to tell. The, The best thing you can do is never ever shame your child for who they are um, and always show a welcoming attitude. Um, You know, I, I, I would come to my mom for, for all my stuff because I knew she would react well. Mm -hmm. And I knew that my dad would not react well, even though he would come around, he was a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, But his initial reaction was often like, Oh my God. So I would come to my mom 
for stuff. And then she would tell my dad and she would bring him down. And then, you know, then it would be okay for me to talk to him. Uh, but cultivate your initial response. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, you're, if your initial response is, is shock, um, that's fine. But, you know, if, if you need a moment, you know, just, just tell your child, I just need to think about this a little, a little bit and I'll be right back you know, but don't, don't let anger be your first response. Don't let disbelief, don't let derision, you know, be your first response. Whatever your child is telling you, listen to it and treat it as if it's, it's an important thing. Um, you know, a few, like maybe a year ago, my child told me, um, that he was changing his name. That was right about the time that I changed my name. And I was like, okay, so, so you're changing your name, eh? He's like, yes, I'm gonna be Jess. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're, you're gonna be Jess, who's Jess? And he's like, it's a little boy who doesn't have to go to school. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's great. You can be Jess on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> so especially at that age of, at the at, I mean they're children they they yeah. they they see what they see they they take it all in they soak it all in but sometimes you know he saw his parent doing something he wanted to do something similar but it was exactly for different reasons so <laughs> exactly and and but we treated it as if it was serious and yeah. when he wanted to be called Jess we called him Jess and Fantastic. it lasted like a week right and then it disappeared um but he now knows that if if he comes up to us with stuff and he needs something we'll give it to him that's fantastic. you know we'll listen um and the little things like that are important you know you might think oh whatever but you don't know maybe he's testing the ground for something bigger mm -hmm. you never know which leads me to another important question and that is because I think, well, I don't know how to approach this, so I'll just put it out there. I think people see things and they want to ignore them if it doesn't go, if it doesn't fit their, yes. their box. So what, it, it, do you have any advice on uh, things that might be signs that a parent could be tuned into so that they can start thinking, okay, it might just be a, I don't want to use the word phase. That's not the right word, but I might need to prepare myself for my child coming to tell me something. Like, is there anything? I mean, I would think that there would be signs like a little girl who always wants to wear swimming trunks instead of a bathing suit or, or something like that. Is there anything that we can be open to? Yes and no. I don't want to give you a list of signs because True. I don't want people to look at, right. okay, well, this, this, like a checklist, um, right. you know, you can have the most masculine or boy or the most feminine girl come out and say like, I want to transition because sometimes they're just overcompensating. Yeah. You know, they're trying to fit that image that they're supposed to fit so hard. Um, and, and those are the, the people that you'll like, what? I never saw it coming, mm -hmm. but like, it's, it's because they're trying so hard. So the advice that I'm going to give everyone is always expect it because <laughs> you won't be surprised. Right. Exactly. No, think about it. What if, what if your child is gay? What if your child is transgender? What if your child is asexual? Right. You know, um, think about it. Just, just consider it because you'll have done that process. You won't be like, what if yeah. it happens? Yeah. Um, it's, it's really the best thing you can do. 
you know, like, like my wife and I are, are not sporty people at all. And, and we've been doing some work, you know, preparing ourselves. Like, what if one of our kids wants to play hockey? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Thank you for bringing it back to like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. You're, you're right. You have to be... <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you for that. Um, it, yeah, that's the best advice, I think, actually, is just being prepared for anything that they want to be and being preparing yourself to be accepting no matter what it is that they come at you with. And, and really, really think about it. Not just go like, okay, if they do that, I'm going to accept it. Like, think about it. What yeah. would it mean to you? What would it really mean to you? You know, if, you're, if your child came out and said, I'm gay, would it really change your life? Right. Like, you know, think about it. Think about what it would change in your life because that's what goes on. You know, you don't, you think about your child and the impact on their life, but you also think about the impact on your life. So think about both of these things. So if they come and they tell you, oh, you know, I'm, I'm gay or I'm trans or whatever, you'll have already done that thought process and you'll already be at the point where like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's great advice. Um, well, we've been talking for over 40 minutes now, and I just want to to really say I appreciate you letting me just ask really probably stupid questions, but <laughs> it's important to me to, it's important for me to understand, and I think it's an important topic that I think other people can understand, to, to understand, and, and like I said, you know, it was, it was that time that I spent with a dear friend of mine where I really got to understand what it means to be gay and that the, the way that he shared with me and, and the questions that he allowed me to ask him and, and all of those types of things made me realize, you know, he's a person too. He has feelings, he hurts, he loves, he, he just wants to be accepted the same as me, you know, and, and I think it's important for, for us to, to know that about other people and to realize that you're not going to stalk me or attack me or anything just because you're transgender that it, you're you're still a person you love you hurt yeah it's um it's something we don't think about to remind other people of because like you know i don't think about telling other people that i'm i'm a human being um but yeah yeah we're just we're just people you know and just like other people our identity it's about us it's not about you you know, we're not, we're not going to make you transition. We're not going to make you, you know, gay or whatever. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy living my life, doing the things that I'm doing. And yeah. And also another thing that's important to remember is nobody chooses this. Right. Nobody chooses to be trans. Right. It's really hard. Um, you know, I, I knew that I was trans for probably 10 years before I transitioned. Um, I knew and I just didn't want to do anything about it because I didn't have the courage. I think that's another really important, uh, important um, thing to recognize is that, you know, everybody always talks about, well, it's a choice. Well, who would, who would, who would make that choice purposefully to put yourself in the eye in front of everybody in that way? You know, you're not going to make that choice. It is who you are. It's just, yeah. um, 
Well, I appreciate you so much for taking the time to talk to us about these things. And I mean, I think the important thing to, for people to understand is you're a dad raising kids, just like every other parent, you're going through what every other parent is going through. Um, I think your kids are going to be awesome and accepting and just great people because of the fact that you have shown them such different perspectives on life. Um, I'm assuming you're very open about oh yeah, who you are and, and where you came from and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there are pictures, there are pictures of like my pregnancies and, you know, baby pictures and, and I'm not going to take those down because they're right. where my children came from. Right. Exactly. Any last thoughts you want to leave us with on this whole topic? Oh my God, I have so many. Uh, <laughs> read, read uh, transgender stories written by transgender people. Um, oh. You know, watch TV shows with actual transgender actors um, written by actual transgender people. Um, it's so important. You know, you were bringing up Love Simon, and um, there's a lot of, of pros and cons to the coming out stories um you know that and it could be an entire podcast all by itself uh but definitely if if you're seeking out these stories which if you want to know what it's like you should definitely make sure that the author is trans uh, because we tell our stories best yeah I agree. This is so, so kind of related, but it reminds me of um, my son has ADHD and I brought home a book, a children's book for him to review for me. I wanted him to take a look at it because I wanted to be able to tell the author if she'd hit the mark or not. And the first question he asked me was, is this written by someone with ADHD? So same thing, like you want to yeah. make sure that the person who's writing the books for you come from the same background as you and, and, and really understand because what's yeah. the same thing when we experienced our loss, the reason I wrote the first book was because I felt like there were a lot of very mm, books written by psychologists yeah. and people about how to heal after you've lost, but it's like, they don't know Jack. <laughs> yeah. They haven't that because they walk. haven't been through it. Exactly. You know, I read books sometimes with transgender characters, of which there are not many. So I read the ones written by, by cisgender people. And most of the time, there's something that'll make me go like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And, and you know, you might be reading this book and be going like, oh, that's important, val like valuable information about trans people. And it's so wrong. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which, you, you publish, and this is, uh, um, I, I have to wrap things up soon. I know you have to go to work, but you like to publish people who are writing on LGBTQ, yes. right? So if, if someone is going through that uh, or writing about it or um, could, are you accepting submissions? How do they find out? We are currently closed for submissions, but we will be reopened probably in the fall. Um, so it's renaissancebookpress.com. Okay, great. Uh, website, Are you only open to Canadian authors or? Currently, we're only open to Canadian authors, but you know, if you pitch us something really, really good, you might change our mind. Okay, perfect. And like you said, there are very few good books on this written by transgenders or um, exactly on the topic. So, okay, cool. Well, we'll put the link in the show notes. And again, I thank you so much. I know this is probably not easy to just come and be grilled on a topic. <laughs> sure is sensitive while you're used to talking about it. It's still very personal. So thank you. And hopefully this will, if nothing else, if, if any mom or dad is listening to this podcast and has a child who is going through something like this, if nothing else, if it gives them the 
perspective and the, and the help that they need to help their child and give them resources, then we've totally scored with it. So thank you. And I'm sorry for the journey that you've traveled. I hope that it only continues to get easier and better for your family. I'm not sorry. I'm happy with where I am. Well, that's a good attitude. You have such a great attitude. You really, you really amaze me. And anytime you want to come back and talk to us on the topic, we'd love to have you because, you know, um, awareness, knowledge is power, right? So, Definitely. Thank you. Thank you.